0: hello everyone and welcome to the rc plane lab podcast i'm ron i'm tom on this episode we are going to uh, be talking with david boido david is a script writer and novelist from los angeles california
1: yeah something a little bit different for our listeners to get us some culture (laughs)
0: A lot different, actually. (laughs) Um, So he's joining us today to talk about his debut novel, The uh, Valley Flyers. Uh, David, welcome to the program, and tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into talking about your book.
2: Sure. Thank you guys for having me. Um, The book is uh, called Valley Flyers, and it's set at an RC Airfield uh, based on one that I've Spent uh, some time at here near my house in uh, the San Fernando Valley, California. Uh, you may be familiar with it. It's uh, it's kind of like Apollo 11 field and um, it's near the Van Nuys Airport. There's a bike path uh, that runs right past the airfield and I frequently ride my bike by there and uh, always in the past have stopped to uh, watch the uh the miniature air show, so to speak. (laughs) And uh, so um, I was inspired to write a book. I just, I felt like uh, this was a a great arena for some drama. Um, I'd never really seen uh, any stories done um, in the RC uh, milieu, if you will. And so I I thought... um, It'd be really great. You know, I'm always looking for stories. So um, I thought it'd be really great to uh, to write a book uh, set in an RC airfield. So the book is about um, a, uh, a teenager named Jay Smalley, who uh, is a, an avid RC flyer. And he and a group of his friends are in a, uh, a flying club called the Valley Flyers that's run by the guy that, runs the airfield, a guy named Kent, who's sort of an old gruff, uh, air force veteran and, uh, very much a stickler for discipline <laughs> in flight. And, um, so anyway, Jay, uh, Jay's notices a new guy comes to the airfield, uh, and he's flying drones and, uh, Jay is, is sort of a Ooh. conspiracy
0: <laughs> Sorry, theorist. Yeah, and, uh, we're not a big fan of the quadcopters around here. It's <laughs> okay, though. They're understood,
2: are... and I tried to create a little bit of that tension in the story, nice. you know, of the, the rivalry
0: yeah. between fixed-wing
2: uh, flyers and, and quad flyers. Um, And I felt it. I mean, when I, when <laughs> oh, I read good. it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, though, that was intentional.
0: Yeah, it, it was... Uh, uh, so I, I don't want to cut you off, I'm sorry. but no,
2: no, no, that's fine. So
0: I read the book before, you know, It you had reached out to us um, to see about doing a guest spot on here, and I it, I apologize because yeah. it did take me a little bit of time to get back to you. Um, no worries. I wanted to read the book before I got back to you to, to invite you on or to turn you down. <laughs> because, <laughs> not to sound bad, but, you know, I don't want to recommend our, our listeners read something or do something that I don't like. Right. Or that I wouldn't Absolutely. want to do myself. Um, yeah. So obviously you're on. So I enjoyed the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on and would
1: recommend it to to our readers very much or listeners.
0: Recommend our listeners read it. Um, but what I what I like about uh, you you have the book listed on Amazon in print and also on yeah. the the Kindle. Um, yeah. So. I like to have things kind of go on in the background or for me to listen to when I'm working, usually it's a TV show, but if I'm working on uh, like airplanes or anything model related, I like to have something in the background to listen to, to kind of keep me focused. Um, right. So this being on uh, the Kindle, you can have your uh, echo dots. I got to watch what I say. Cause if I say the wrong word around here, I have so many things light up. Um, okay. So you can have them read the story to you, um, which is how I, I listened to most of of the book. But I'm gonna say, you can tell it was a good book because half the time I actually caught myself not working on anything <laughs> and just listening <laughs> intently to what was going on. Nice. Um, oh, thank you. That's good because I, I really enjoyed the book, and I, I do think it's something that everybody should go read just to see like how you incorporated our hobby. Hmm into such a a good suspense kind of thriller. So I just want to say I I enjoyed that, and I thought you did a very good job on that.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I tried to make it, uh, you know, a quick read um, and, you know, just uh, hit the action points and uh, not diverge too much into uh, verbosity, you know. Uh, So hopefully that, that pays off
0: and it and it did like i said i i didn't feel like anything was drawn out yeah Um, that's good there's a lot of books you read or a lot of movies you watch to where it's like all right let's let's get through this so we can get to the next thing and i did not feel that at all uh listening and and reading because i go
2: through that same thing myself now sometimes (laughs) on some of these uh streaming shows netflix or whatever you'll you'll find they have a good idea for uh a show that probably would make a good movie, you know, like a good two hour movie. And then they try and string it out into 10 episodes. Yeah, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes, you know, yeah. it takes too long to get it going. And then, you know, it's just the idea doesn't lend right. itself to 10 hours of, of coverage. <laughs> yeah.
1: And people like me who have really, really short attention spans, if you don't, if you don't <laughs> grab our attention, you know, within the first, you know,
0: five minutes five minutes or so yeah.
1: I'm turning it off and going on to to do something else so
0: well it's funny my uh, yeah. wife is watching a show and she just started it like a few weeks ago and she's already on season four and I was like, you must really like this and she said no it's terrible <laughs> but I want to see what happens <laughs> so she fast forwards through almost every episode <laughs> just to, oh, to to get the you know yeah. the high spots and it's like oh my gosh I I don't know that's how a lot of work. That. I, that's yeah. what I thought, but <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I did not feel that at all with this. So I, you did a good job on that. And I really enjoyed it.
2: Thank you. Cool.
1: Hey, David. So, um, before we, we've got a few questions for you, you know, about the, about the book and some stuff that uh, is RC related yeah. about the book, but mm-hmm. I want to know who David is. Like, so you said you were a screenwriter and things like that. Like, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. Sure. Um, I've been writing, uh, yeah, I went to um, UCLA and studied film there and um, been writing screenplays for a long time ever since graduating. And um, so, you know, I'm a big fan of movies and um, and I'm always looking for a good story that I think would lend itself to a good movie. And um, I decided, so I had actually had the idea for Valley Flyers, as a movie idea first to start. And I still think it would make a great film um, because so much of it is visual, you know, the first person viewing yeah. scenes, I think would be really visually stunning, you know, and, um, and some of the, uh, you know, some of the dog fighting and stuff I think could be really, really cool on mm-hmm. film. But anyway, so I originally um, started Valley Flyers as, as a as a screenplay and um, actually finished it and sent it around to a few agents and people in the business. And um, they're always looking for a reason to say no in the movie business, because, (laughs) you know, there's millions and millions of dollars on the line to make a movie. So uh, a lot of, there has to be a lot of luck and a lot of confluence of events to get a movie off the ground. Sure. So people like the story uh, they just, so far anyway, nobody was interested in investing in making the movie. And so I just love the the story. And so I wanted to, you know, continue with it. And so I decided to just <clears throat> write it as a book and go to the readers. And <clears throat> at the very least, you know, this way um, people can enjoy the story and envision it in their own minds. So, um, but Yeah. So, but anyway, my background, so this is my first book. I've, I've written some short stories and, and, and other things, but this is my first full, full length novel. Um, and, but I plan to do more. I actually have some other movie, um, ideas that, um, that are on the page already as screenplays and I'm going to turn those into books as well.
0: Awesome. Anything else in the RC field or something different?
2: Well, um, there's always the chance that you know if the book um, starts to take off, uh, I, I could do a sequel. I think that there you know certainly room for that um, with Jay and uh, you know going off uh to fight school.: Yeah, and, yeah,
0: the ending is yeah. left open enough to where you could definitely get another two or three or yeah. maybe even four books out of it. Really, yeah. I was gonna say I don't want to talk too much about what it's about because I don't want to give a lot of it away. So uh, anything, I appreciate
2: that. Yeah. So anything, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> anything that you say obviously is okay, uh, but <laughs> just know I'm gonna kind of reserve what I say about the book just because of that. See,
1: I'm in good shape because I haven't read it yet, so I can't give anything <laughs> away. Okay. Hey, great. David, I had, I do have one question before we get, before we get really serious about it is, so serious, you mentioned you've done, you've it. done some other, uh, short stories and things like that. If somebody wants to, like if they, if they read the Valley Flyers book and decide that they really like your, uh, your style or whatever, can they, can they look up your name or do you use a surname or do you use a, a different pen kind name? of a pen name? Oh, no,
2: they can look up my name. Okay. I don't have a pen name. Um, it's just uh, David Boito. I have a website, com. Perfect. Um, okay. They can go there. They can also follow me. Um, if you go, you can follow me. I have an Amazon author page. You can follow me. So that cool. way, uh, the next book that comes out, which hopefully will be at the end of this year, um, you'll, you'll get the news of that.
0: Sweet. Cool. Yeah. And so when was this one released?
2: Uh, this has only been out since, uh, the early November of last year.
0: Okay. So it's a yeah. fairly new book then.
2: Fairly new. Yeah. I think it's pretty new. I'm still in the process of trying to get the word out about it. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously a big factor with, uh, things like these is, uh, getting people to hear about it, you know, so obviously mm-hmm. the ideal situation would yeah. be for something to go viral, but, <laughs> right. uh, and yeah. you know, we take what we can get.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I can say I have I have purchased it. So, oh. I, it's on my Kindle at home. I just need to sit down <laughs> and read it. And I do plan okay. on doing that cuz
2: Ron, your autographed copy is already in the mail. <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> I cannot my wait. Pleasure. I can't
0: wait to get that. That'll be awesome. Um yeah. so how long does it take you to write a book like this?
2: Well, um it, because the book started out as a screenplay, it was a little bit easier because I already had the plot. So it probably took me, you know, again, I, are you looking for like man hours or just like, you know, I write well, only able to write probably two to three hours a day. So considering that the, the, the script took probably about a year and then the book took, I actually had a little bit more time because during the, uh, the lockdowns, um my company had sort of shut down, so I was furloughed for a while mm. for my day job. And um so I actually had some more time and so the book probably took me uh between, between going back and forth with my editor probably eight or nine months.
0: Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just I have never written a book, so I have no clue like <laughs> I don't know if it's a five-year process or if it's something to where if you have everything planned out, you can sit down in six months and do it. I just,
1: I imagine the process is, it probably is different, you know, depending yeah. on inspiration and things like that, I bet too.
0: Correct. So as Correct. a screenplay, since it started out as a screenplay, then you had everything like figured before you started to write the book, you obviously knew what was going to happen and you kind of had that.
2: Yeah. The difference between a scre- screenplay and a book is that a screenplay is, very short on you know descriptive uh language it's it's meant to be mostly dialogue driven and with some description but um people that read screenplays they don't want to see a lot of words on the page and so i had mm. to kind of recalibrate myself uh with the book to really start describing things in detail and um And so that's, that's the difference in the process. There's a lot more description. Okay. Here's the scene, here's what's going on. Whereas in a screenplay, uh, it's a little bit more dialogue driven and, you know, uh, in a, in a movie, you know, you cut in and out of scenes quickly, whereas in a book it's, it's meant to, you know, each scene or chapter is meant to have more of a, you know, a clear cut ending, you know, a clear cut beginning a middle and an end for a chapter. And so, um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. So, um, yeah, hopefully that answers your question.
0: Yeah. And that, that makes sense then. So pretty much when you started writing the book, when you adapted it to a book, you, you already knew what the characters were. You weren't really learning about them. Like maybe when you wrote the screenplay or how does that work?
2: That is correct. I knew who the characters were and I had pictured them in my mind's eye. And, uh, I did flesh them out a little bit more in the book. You know, the the other nice thing about writing a book is you can, you know, get into a character's head and talk about what they're thinking. Obviously in a, in a movie you're, it's all about the visual. It's about what you're seeing. You can't, and in a movie script, it's sort of verboten to discuss, you know, what the character is thinking that's not done in a movie script. So, um, so it's nice actually to have, um, more, um, ability to, um, to get into a character's head with uh, a novel. Yeah, and I guess that and,
0: makes sense. I was going to say you don't have the inner monologue that right. you do in a book if you're watching correct. a movie. You, you, you rely more on the facial expressions to, to show emotion and that kind of stuff. Which that's correct. Without pictures, you lack yeah. that in a book. So and that's
1: probably also why a lot of people will say, oh, that was an okay movie, but man, the book was so much
0: better. Mm-hmm. It's
1: probably why, because you, know, you have all that.
0: And then Detail. you can put your own personal yes. like exactly. spin on it when you're reading it too. You make it more right. internal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So, no, nice. that's awesome. Um, cool. you know, we we talked before, you know, we emailed back and forth, David, a little bit, and you said that you're not an RC pilot, um, and you're really not into RC, which is fine. I mean that's cool. Yeah, we don't hold that against <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not but that how-
2: I'm not into it, it's just uh yeah, I, I don't have the the time to yeah. invest in really doing it properly at this point anyway.
0: Well, yeah, you don't have a lot of experience with actual tinkering with RC airplanes and stuff. Correct. You know, how did you come up with the idea of writing a book that relies so heavily on the hobby, on RC airplanes, to really tell your story?
2: Well, that's a very good question. I work with a couple guys uh, at my day job, and they would always come into work and talk about their weekends on the RC field. And they'd talk about the planes they were flying and, uh, they, they, were just so enthusiastic about it. It's kind of contagious. And <laughs> so that was part of the inspiration as well. I mean, I, I, you know, well, as well as going over here to the local airfield, uh, part of it was just, uh, these couple of friends, uh, you know, that was the water cooler talk at work was, uh, you know, what, what kind of planes were they flying? and you know, where did they fly? And, you know, what kind of stunts were they doing? uh one of the guys is a really good, um, helicopter, single rotor helicopter, um, RC pilot. And he would tell me about his, you know, it crashed, crashed the chopper that weekend, had to rebuild, you know? <laughs> and so I kind of live vicariously a little bit through them.
1: Sure. And this being an RC airplane podcast, me, I'm interested in knowing, so like, you know, Ron mentioned that you, you mentioned a, a telemaster in the, in the story and some other airplanes that he didn't want to divulge too much to me cause I haven't read it yet. But like, obviously you must pay attention to these guys that uh, come in and talk about them because otherwise, how would you know to use the a telemaster name or, or any of others? You know what I mean?
2: That's correct. Yeah. Um, that was certainly part of it was, um, you know, hearing their dialogue and, um, uh, and discussion of, of what they were flying. And then the telemaster, um, I did also a little online research on that. Um, there it you sounds, go. you know, that like gets really kind of a cool historical, um, uh, you know, uh, airplane that, um, I just thought, I just, I just thought it'd be cool to include it in the book.
0: That was the one that stood out to me. Like, it's funny because the telemasters for Tom and I kind of hold a, a special place in our hearts. Yeah. We have one, <laughs> Uh, we have one that we restored, that we uh-huh. affectionately call the Trash Can Telemaster because Tom pulled it out of it <laughs> literally pulled it out of a, uh, a not a dumpster but a, a giant a trash, trash can, can yeah. uh, at somebody's Where? estate sale. And so oh, it was an estate sale. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I'll, I'll tell the story briefly. So yeah, I went to an estate sale. Uh, one of our local modelers passed away, and the club was helping. You know the the widow get rid of all the his stuff that he had accumulated over, you know, thirty or forty years of flying, and uh, the stuff that didn't sell, you know, was relegated to the trash can. So I I loaned a table uh, for them to do their setup and and sell the stuff, uh, yard sale like. Um, so the next day I went to to pick up my table and there was this, among other, airframes, a, a fairly complete uh, senior Telemaster from Hobby Lobby, and I was like. So I went up to the, you know, as I was picking up my table, I was like, hey, what do you, I mean, what are you going to do with the stuff out in the trash can? She's like, well, the trash, <laughs> the trash
0: can. can. So
1: yeah, he's going <laughs> to take it, you know, when the trash can guy comes. So I was like, well, would you mind if I take, you know, some of those? She's like, take whatever you want out of there. So um, so yeah, I pulled the trash can telemaster out of the trash can and a few other airframes that uh, ended up not saving, but um, but yeah, it kind of holds a special place in in uh, in Ron and I. I think our collective RC heart and um, yeah. So to see that mentioned in in the book is mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I can I can picture it flying through the air because we have done that ourselves. You know, this one <laughs> that came from the trash can is now completely restored and flyable, and everything has been gone over and yeah. fixed. And yeah, it's just I I liked the different planes you you mentioned in the book, and that was the one that stood out to me.
1: Yeah, I really can't Thank wait you. to read and it now. <laughs> the
2: uh, the TeleMaster, I assume, runs on uh, regular uh, fuel, right? Yeah, it runs on gasoline. Yeah, ours, on ours
1: is gas-powered,
0: yeah. Depending on the size, you can have electric power, you can have nitro power, or gasoline. I don't like nitro because it's a pain in the butt. Um, it's expensive. Yeah. It's There's a lot that goes into it. And Tom is rolling his eyes at me because he's a big nitro guy. Um, <laughs> but I fought him back and forth on what went on that airplane. And we settled oh. with a gasoline engine.
1: So. Well, we settled with a gasoline engine because we couldn't get any other engines to run
0: right. Oh, you it. mean the nitros didn't <laughs> run right. Right. <laughs> oh.
2: So there was some experimentation.
0: Oh, it yeah, was it's there, a long story. Yeah. It's a very, there was a lot <laughs> that went into it. There were four or five motors that went on to that before we found the one that we settled on. And yeah, it was not all okay. smooth sailing, but it turned out. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Back to the issue of the fuel, um, You know, you'll you'll recall that I won't go into it too much, but there's a scene in the book um, about the lipo uh, batteries that catch fire. Yeah. And uh, that actually um, I had a a neighbor down the street, his garage caught fire because uh, he was charging. He left unattended uh, a lipo battery that he was using for a, a remote control car. And uh, his garage literally caught fire. I guess the thing overcharged and mm. sparked. Yeah, that's
1: and, that's uh, definitely a, a risk of uh, of lipos. Although today, these yeah. days, they're you know the chargers that we use and all that are so safe that
2: they're fairly stories like, like that they are now, pretty rare. They now have sort of a, a fail safe on them yeah. that, that turns them off.
1: But it can still happen.
0: Yeah. So, long story short, on lipos is they're they're made of separate cells, and if one uh-huh. cell gets overcharged, which if you're charging it as one full pack, then that can happen, and and it can catch on fire, and and ends not very well. Um, right. But the new chargers we have nowadays are actually balanced chargers that will charge each cell inside of the battery separately. So that uh-huh. really has made it quite a bit safer with lipos and stuff in the I'd say in the last ten years, maybe or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. So, okay. Yeah, a lot of advancements has, has come to, you know, make things better. Yeah.
2: Well, I would think, yeah, if things are starting to burn, then then people start to <laughs> work out how to avoid that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So maybe I don't want because... one
2: of these. Yeah.
1: David, I have a question for you. So, when uh, when you're when you're writing a book or a screenplay and you're trying to set a particular scene or mood, do you find that I mean, obviously, it's not easy to do. Otherwise, everybody would be a writer. Correct. I mean, something like that to put into words is not easy to do. I would have to assume. And I then, can't do it. And so, then, yeah. and then, <laughs> kind of to follow on from that, where do you take your inspiration from when you when you get into a situation where you're having a hard time describing a scene? Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. It's not. It's not easy. Um, it's sort of a, a muscle that has to be exercised. Uh, you know, and. So I've been doing it a while and sort of, you know, like any art form, like sculpting or whatever, you sort of start by sketching in, um, uh, you know, molding a little bit here, a little bit there, um, you know, sketching something here and there and then filling it in gradually. Um, that's kind of how it works with writing as well. You start with the seed of an idea, you know, like, uh, wow, this is, you know, what would happen at an RC field? You know, if, uh, you know, what what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of uh, threat could there be, you know, that was generated by an, you had these group of RC flyers that they're the only ones that really know about it. And, you know, so you start to build, build on the little seeds that you start with and, you know, you have to kind of listen to your inner voice and, and not, edit it or censor it too much and go, oh, that's no good. Or this is no good. You just sort of write down everything, you know? And, right. um, and from there, then you can start, you know, once you get a first draft, uh, it might not even be very good, you know, but you can, You, it's a starting point. From then you can start trimming and molding scenes. You know, I don't need this, but this is actually really good. And how can I accentuate this scene? And so that's, that's kind of how I work anyway.
1: Okay, that makes sense because I, I have to do a lot of writing uh, for for where I work. And uh, uh-huh. I, I noticed that... Not like a lot that of, kind of writing. No, no, no. I mean like memorandums and stuff like that. But, you know, they, they have to be, you know, they're going to somebody more important than me usually because I'm writing them for that person because they, you know, don't have the time to do it themselves. Uh, right. So I, I've noticed that a lot of times I'll write something and then I'll get away from it for a day or two. And then when I open it back up in my in my Microsoft word or whatever. And I read it again and I'm like, well, this was terrible. I must've been stoned when I wrote this. This is awful. And I imagine, I imagine writing a book is probably no different.
2: It is. And that's sort of the trap is to, you know, if you start editing yourself too early um, you know, that can then you get into things like writer's block and stuff like that, because you're, you're stopping your, your inner creative voice, you know, before you should, you know, you need to sort yeah. of just let, let the bad stuff come out. And, you know, along with that bad stuff, there will be good stuff. But right. if, you, if you're just so worried about writing something, oh, this is no good, that's bad. And so you just stop, everything stops. Yeah. You know? So it is a fine line. And even with your, you know, whatever, you know, memoranda you're writing, you, you have to just do a draft and then, and then come back and trim and edit.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm curious. So like, when I'm building airplanes, because I'll draw that correlation somehow between yeah. building <laughs> airplanes and writing but when yeah. I'm building airplanes, I cannot focus on one start to finish. I always have multiple projects going on at once. Um, when, you, when you wrote this, was this the only thing you were working on at that time, or did you have other things going on too?
2: That's a very good question. Yes, I had other things going on at the same time, and you're absolutely right. The, your analogy is absolutely spot on it is better to have more than one thing going on because um you need to take a break from one to the other you know if you do reach a place where you know that the, the ideas aren't flowing you can't put it down for a, a day or two work on this other thing and and kind of keep juggling them and it actually is very effective that way that way you don't get stuck into this tunnel vision of this oh my god i've got to make this only one story work and you know <laughs> And it, and it just it's it's sort of self-defeating if you get into that mindset.
0: Yeah, I find myself able to uh, make myself work on things more if I can bounce from one to another. If it's one thing, especially if I get to a spot where I don't want to do what I have to do next, uh-huh. um, like sanding a frame down before I cover it <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It's it's hard to find the motivation to start working on anything if I know that's all I can do. But knowing I have other things, and it's easier to kind of work your way up to doing that part that you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I can understand yeah. that completely. But like that's a that's a, that's a whole
1: that's a whole left brain right thing. Uh, it brain is thing right because some oh, people are know. good at that, and some people like me. Uh, I'm not good at that. Like I have to, I have to finish this thing that I've started before I can allow myself to move on. It's like a, almost like a reward, right? Like yeah. I have uh-huh. to finish this project before I can open up, you know, the the box on this next project or whatever it is. So yeah. I, yeah. I imagine there's probably different processes for different personalities. There are. And there's something types.
2: to be said, certainly for completing one thing before going on to the next. Um, it's just, uh, sometimes creatively, uh, for me anyway, um, I just uh it's it helps to take a break with the one thing and, and that way there's just not this absolute necessity to you know, this this anvil held over your head that I have to finish this thing or else, you know, I have nothing else.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, Ron and I are both
1: shaking our head, yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so
0: the the characters in, in your book, were they based on people you knew or know, or was that just kinda pulled out of left field
2: no um they, they are sort of uh you know they're they're a um combination or a you know a combination of people that i know each character you know um you take you know you meet people and they inspire you to include certain traits in the in the characters and then you meet somebody else and you think oh i could throw that in as well and so um yeah, like for the Kent character, you know, my, I have some people in my family that are involved in the uh, American Legion. And hmm. and so I kind of knew about that whole world veterans. And, um, and so, yeah, so I included, you know, little bits and pieces of, of people that I met into some of the char- characters and, um, that's, that's kind of what, um, Keeps you moving forward as being able to refer to people in real life, but changing them so that there's not too much similarity.
0: <laughs> this isn't completely based on you. <laughs> yeah, right. Only, only the good parts, right? Right. right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of the I, I don't want to get too much into it because, like I said, I don't want to give it away. But one of the things that uh, uh, plays a big role in this book is the the drone light show. I, I find that very interesting because. So after I read this book, I watched uh, Tesla opened up their uh, manufacturing plant down in in Austin, and
2: yeah. they had a
0: they had a drone light show on that, which was awesome. But the whole time I was watching that, all I was thinking about was your book and <laughs> and how that plays out and in, in, in there, awesome. and you know what it actually encompasses to be done. And I like I said, I just. I wanted you to know that, uh, yeah, I've kind of taken the book with me and other thoughts when I'm going around. Wow, that's <laughs> good. great.
2: Yeah, the whole, that's, you know, I, I just, I thought that that really hadn't been depicted much um, in, in any of the stories that I've encountered. And I I wanted to include that because um, it's sort of a new, it's a new revolution, you know, right. the, the fireworks, uh, the days of fireworks may be, going away to a certain degree i mean uh we'll see how it all plays out but you know you had that big drone light show at the super bowl and, and more and more places are doing them and so I, I wanted to include that as an aspect of the story
0: yeah it was very unique and since i don't watch sports <laughs> i'd never yeah. actually seen one before um, yeah so like i said when when they did that thing in austin I was blown away by it because I'd never seen it. And then it it actually kind of filled in a lot of what I was missing visually by not knowing what it was when I read your book. So Wow, it that's was, great. That's yeah. really cool. So I thought it was a, like I said, it was an interesting book. And I it's hard not to talk about. The different things that happen that you know, yeah. But so, go read it yourself. Yeah, I'm if, going it, to. I've I'm said not just I'm talking to you. I'm talking well, to you everybody Well, you looked at me listening. when you said that, well, so I <laughs> took
1: that to heart, and I'm going to read it. Um, but uh, David, I'm so Ron and I have talked. Uh, so, in as with any hobby, and I imagine writing is no different. Um, you know, you there are distractions in life, right? You know, we yes. have kids, we have jobs, we have all these other little things that uh, that we do. And Ron and I have talked on the show before about what distracts us uh, from, you know, doing what we love? What does, what kind of things distract you and what do you do to overcome them?
2: Well, that's a great question. Um, Certainly all the things you mentioned, you know, can come up and um, sometimes to write is a nice distraction from, you know, some of the uh, heavier aspects of reality and, you know, because writing, I mean, one of the cool things about it is you are kind of going into this other world of your own creation and fiddling around with these characters. And um, so that, in a certain sense, I mean, that's part of the joy of writing. But um, as far as distractions from writing, other than, you know, big life events, um, one thing I find that's a bit of a a distraction that I really have to discipline myself from is, you know, like emails coming in and, um, you know, a new breaking news story pops up (laughs) on your browser, you know? And I have to turn all that stuff off because it's just a creativity killer. You know, once you start getting into uh returning emails, So sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll try and get all my writing done for the day before even turning on the internet, which is not always, it's sometimes easier said than done, but I find it works better is to sort of in the morning, you know, try and keep all, even the, even the, you know, radio news or whatever, to keep the TVs off, the radio news off, just kind of try and keep yourself un, uh, you know, kind of purified from the outside world until you've gotten your pages done for the day.
0: Cool. Yeah. It's good to stay unplugged sometimes so you don't have all yeah. the distractions that can easily take you away from what you need to be doing. Yeah. Well, that, that, that
1: actually, that actually brings me to my, to my last question. Um, yeah, it ties in perfectly because here in the hobby, you know, we're, we're not connected to a computer to actually play with our airplanes. Not really, you know? Um, so when you're writing, so in my mind writing means pen and ink on a piece of paper with no distractions <laughs> obviously it's not done that way these days so it's i'm a ass- writers now I'm ass- <laughs> shut up i'm not that old um but i assume most of your writing is probably done on on some sort of an information technology system
2: yeah correct Like a uh, quill. Uh, with- like a- <laughs> <laughs> correct it is microsoft word and, okay um, so that's why yeah no the, the nice thing about um uh, you know, what you're talking about is, yeah, you don't have to turn on the computer. And so that is kind of a pure time for you. You know, exactly. you don't have to turn on the radio while you're doing it. Um, yep, That's that exactly right. And on, that's why. That, yeah, there's always that temptation with the computer on, you know, to switch over to. Yahoo News or whatever, and Yeah, that's usually a really bad idea.
1: Yeah, just click this or just click that, which is or <laughs> yeah. why, I mean, you know, you mentioned having something on in the background, and a lot of our listeners have us on in the background while they're, while they're doing their hobby. So I can imagine we're not much of a distraction then.
0: No, nobody listens. <laughs> yeah. It's just background noise. <laughs>
1: All five of our listeners can't wait to Why read your do you book. Do, you always do. I don't. Oh God! I'm okay. just teasing. I know, <laughs> Ron. You've done but a great it job. Believe it
2: or not, there's there's some writers I know that use there's some kind of app that you can get that will turn off that will literally lock out all of the you know the outside world off your computer until you know, it's like a timer, hmm. and you have to go through all these elaborate password steps to get it to come back on. <laughs> and if the time has not elapsed. And they use this to sort of keep themselves focused. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I I try and just use personal discipline. but uh. Yeah.
0: Some of us aren't as good at that, though. I yeah. I will admit I'm probably not. Maybe instead of time, they should have it where you have to write like 4,000 words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. That's
1: well, that, but yeah. then that puts that whole pressure, you know, of, uh, you know, ha- like he mentioned, having the anvil over wow. your head, you know. I didn't, <laughs> that. Be,
0: I didn't say they had to be good words.
1: You don't <laughs> want to <laughs> kill the creativity. So, yeah. One final question for me, has, has writing the book and getting that insight made you want to get into the hobby?
2: Um, it, 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 it's, I've actually had some, uh, some, some offers to, you know, to train me on, 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 you know, you know, some flight lessons Mm -hmm. and, um, I would love to do it. I just, um, having to get, um, some of these books out and um, and so forth is sort of my first priority so sure. um, I am eager to uh, I'm eager to do it but I'm also a little reticent because uh, you know I don't want to crash any plane <laughs> you know, so I would definitely have to be on a buddy box for for a bit you sure. know, and I would definitely need a spotter and all that stuff yep.
0: yeah so with with a buddy box you don't have to worry about crashing at all because if something happens it's not your fault that Ever. means the person that's training you did not do their job well um, okay. because they should always be in control when it needs to be in control. So yeah. I, I mean, I would recommend spending an hour or two at the field, you know, the, your local field there and just say, Hey, sign me up with an instructor and let's see how this goes for an yeah. afternoon. Or, just,
1: borrow, or borrow a flight simulator.
2: Oh, well, there you go. I yeah, forgot about flight simulator. get real sim. flight
1: or whatever since you're already working on, on your, your computer. computer. Is yeah.
2: that the best way to start with a simulator? before? It's
0: you... a good
1: way. I mean, it's not a <laughs> yeah. terrible way to start, I think
0: it depends what you're coming in as if you have somebody that can teach you um i think in person at the field is probably better than a simulator but simulators yeah. are nice because you can hone your skills yeah and if you crash something it doesn't matter you reset it and you go again you're not out anything right yeah
1: right so it, it, you know a lot of that depends on you know what float you about for me i i'm i'm Tactile. You're not a computer. guy. I'm not a computer guy, obviously, um, right. but I I like doing stuff with my hands. So the the physical aspect of it is what you know kind of draws me away from the from the flight simulators. But if flying is really all your, you know, you want to want to get into a simulator is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just anyway.
2: curious. Do you guys do any first-person viewing, or is that more so, you said more quadcopter <laughs> thing than it is a fixed wing? Yeah, no. so we've
1: talked about that before, and it makes yeah. me sick to my stomach. I can't do it, like yeah. physically the, having the goggles on and not having that that actual frame of resp- reference in the peripheral. Makes you dizzy makes yep. me dizzy. Yeah, and then I get sick to my stomach, so I can't. But wrong. yeah, I'm
0: the same way, unfortunately. But we do have friends that do FPV with fixed wing. Um, wow. I just like, I would love to be able to do it. I yeah, really I wish, would. Yeah. Um, but I can handle about six or seven seconds and then I'm ready to, to <laughs> throw up and be done for the rest of the day. Yeah.
1: yeah. Some guys yeah, say man. that sitting down helps. I've, I've tried sitting down. I've tried standing. I mean, I just can't I haven't do tried
0: it. sitting. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. And
1: I, so the one time I tried it not to get off the, the rails here, but I was sitting down in a lawn chair and I do the lean like, you know what I'm saying? Like when, uh-huh,
2: yeah.
1: And I I about fell out of the chair because I was leaning so hard. To, and so, yeah, it's just not for me. I
0: wish I'd have been there for that.
1: I'm sure you would have loved it.
2: That's funny. <laughs> well, obviously, if it takes the fun out of it, then there's no point. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So. Like I said, I, if, if I could do it without getting sick, I would love it. Yeah. But sure. maybe I'll take some Dramamine or something and try it again and maybe rub would it, rub ginger behind your ear or something. Is that one of the <laughs> things you're supposed to do? Or chew on, Uh, I've heard of. There's a bunch of different things.
2: But you guys have cameras on your planes, or or some of them? We 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 have
0: for recording, yeah.
1: For recording episodes for YouTube videos. That's
2: just as good. You know, you record the flight and you enjoy it, you know, when you're. There, down.
0: Yeah, it's weird because I can I can handle that no problem. But yeah. I think it's just having the goggles right on my head, yeah. you know, right yeah. close to where I don't have any peripheral vision of anything else. I'm completely blocked out that it makes sure. me makes me nauseous. But it would be neat to be able to control it in real time while I'm playing. Maybe if
1: it. they put like a window, like on the side of the goggles, so you at least have some reference to outside, maybe that would I be have better. No idea. I don't know.
0: They have screens. Maybe I could do a screen instead hey, of having the goggles. Go. I could just look at this. Yeah, in there front you go. Of, Maybe so that might would, work. That
1: might work. Wow. So anyway, yeah, we're getting off the rails here.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, David, thank you very much for coming on. Um, like I said, the book is Valley Flyers. How do you, how do you find it? Where do you find it?
2: Uh, the book is, uh, available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes and Noble. Um, you know, you can pretty much just, uh, look it up online and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's available most online retailers. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, there's not too many actual physical bookstores left. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: we have one but, in town now. Yeah. We have, uh, yeah. We still have a Barnes and Noble, but that's about all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's available there. You probably it, you might have to order it from them. They might not keep it in stock. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, please. That uh, would be great if uh, people are interested. Uh, please. Please read yeah. it. I, and I'd love to hear feedback from anybody in the RC community for sure.
0: And I was just going to say the same thing. Any of our listeners that read it, reach out to us yeah. and let us know what you thought about it. And uh, yeah, I we'll, will, if we get any information back from them, I will pass that on to you.
2: That'd be great. And also Amazon yeah. reviews are always most appreciated as well.
0: Oh, I should do that. I haven't done that yet, so. There you go. I will do that because it's a good book. So Thank I look you. forward to hopefully having some other books uh, in the series coming Perhaps out. Perhaps a sequel. Um a yeah, sequel and well, a, a third and a fourth.
2: <laughs> that would be that would be great. I'm all for it. I just uh gotta see uh you know how much readership we get. Yeah. Know? Well, like I said, it so was a good this, book. This and, certainly helped.
0: Yeah, like I said, it was a good book and, and a worthwhile read. So cool. Um well David, like like I said before, thank you for being on and Yeah, uh, this was cool. It was yeah.
1: something different, but uh, I actually really enjoyed this. Yeah.
0: And I'm gonna read the book, I promise. (laughs)
2: Okay, Tom. And you are thank both of you guys for having me. I I really, really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, not a problem. You are more than welcome to come back on when the sequel comes out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. I'll
2: make a note of that for sure. All right.
0: Thanks, David. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. And you?
2: I'm David Boito, author of Valley Flyers. Thanks for listening. good night good night we hope you enjoyed this episode of the rc plane lab podcast for topic suggestions to ask questions or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com you can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846 please subscribe rate and review us on your favorite podcast app Until next time, may your landings be gentle.